Good morning, Gateway. Hallelujah. That was beautiful worship and beautiful word, Nori. So this morning, um, I would like to share briefly about one of my spiritual gifts, um, which is the gift of encouragement, also known as the gift of exhortation. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Every gift of the Spirit is meant to build and edify the body of Christ. The manifestation or expressions of the Holy Spirit in a believer is the result of time spent with him. It is not uncommon for other gifts such as word of knowledge, word of prophecy, and uh, word of wisdom to intertwine with this gift. So no matter where you are at, at your walk with Jesus, we all need encouragement. The last two years, I experienced a deeper activation of this gift. Spirit of God imparted compassion for certain individuals that he had brought into my path, and I dedicated time to see them through hardships, brokenness, and various challenges. As an encourager, I had the privilege to listen, to pray, to comfort, and bring God's counsel into their lives. Declaring his word over their lives allowed them to see that God had plans to prosper and not to harm them, to give them a future and a hope. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. When we encourage others with the word of God, it has the power to set people free. The Bible describes the word of God as a seed wherever it is sent. It has the potential to fulfill God's purpose. So how does God, or rather, how does one develop their spiritual gift? My experience has been when I posture my heart before God and spend time seeking him, he gives me direction and wisdom on how I can bring a good balance of prayer and God's perspective to these individuals. Holy Spirit speaks when you seek him. Can I encourage you that everyone here can hear or has the ability to hear the voice of God? John 10, 27 says, My sheep hears my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. God is constantly transmitting his voice. We just need to tune in. Finally, you may ask, how do you operate in these gifts he has entrusted you with? Simply step out and do it. My word of encouragement to you is to passionately and earnestly desire the gifts God has given you. I also want to take a moment to share on the person that activates um, the spiritual gifts in you. And by now we know that it is the Holy Spirit that performs this role in all our lives. In John 14, 16 to 17, Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. There are many roles that Holy Spirit is known for, comforter, counselor, advocate, helper, strengthener. But this morning, I want to highlight his role as the Spirit of truth. John 16, 13 reads, 
When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you things that are to come. Church, now more than ever, we need the Holy Spirit to show us this truth and protect us from every lie. The Spirit of God knows all things. He doesn't just protect us from lies, but he also gives divine wisdom and insight into the very heart of God in all situations. God gives us his spirit so we can know his ways, hear his voice, and follow him. Holy Spirit speaks to us by giving us thoughts and ideas or promises to say or do something. Some of us identify this as an impression from God. I call this God moments. It is truly a treasure when he has a word to be released over someone that may be going through a time of searching, and that word changes the spiritual climate for that individual. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 reads, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The Holy Spirit is in touch with the master plan for each one of you, He's got all the intricate details concerning your DNA. It is him that we can completely trust to unfold God's destiny every step of the way. Spirit of God has given us his gifts so we can be his vessels to bring truth at this hour. Speaking his truth and his word into a situation has far greater impact than man's wisdom. These are days where God is raising up Estes all across our nation. Men and women of God are rising up for the Lord to declare his word and his truth. Esther chapter 4, verses 13 to 17, we see this beautiful scripture that reads, Esther was before the king for such a time as this. Church, I want to declare over this body that this is your due season. Let's allow Holy Spirit to move through us and to use us as his mouthpiece to speak his truth at this hour. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is not a good idea or just a concept. It's, it's a person. We have the spirit of truth in us. Let's not compromise. Let's allow Holy Spirit to use us to declare his truth in this nation. We are here for such a time as this. So let's see God's kingdom come. Let's allow Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Amen. And I had one word of encouragement that I want to leave with you. I asked the Holy Spirit, what is one thing that you would like me to say to the body of Christ today? And he said, let them know that I seek intimacy. God truly desire that we just draw close to him at this hour. Seek him seek him and do not tolerate sin do not compromise just go for it just go hard after god amen well now you get to see what i wake up to every morning and am blessed by a beautiful handmaiden of our most high god who has blessed me with the perfect partner and uh, she keeps me on my toes, for sure. Well, good morning, everyone. And uh, isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Yeah. 
You know, the word says that a day in your courts is better than 10,000 elsewhere. And we just are so thankful for that, that we can gather together. We've been apart in many ways for a long period of time. And, uh, and there is unity that just gets built up as we can gather together and bless one another and encourage one another. And so that's one of the things I'm going to talk, be talking about today is just the idea of a, encouragement and uh, what that means to us as a family, a family of God. So I'd like to begin by just saying that we should always approach the subject of which spiritual gifts we possess with humility. In fact, Paul writes in Romans 12:3, For I say to you, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one, a measure of faith. It's easy for someone who works the gift of miracles, word of knowledge, or prophecy to begin to think that they are God's favorite and to forget where that gift came from. I will not, never forget something that uh, Joyce Meyer said probably 25 years ago now. She said, your gift can take you where your character can't keep you. So we have to be humble before God with whatever he has given us that we possess that we are to bring to the body of Christ as our offering, as the offering of our gift. I'm reminded of the apostles called out of humble livelihoods to walk with Jesus and learn at his feet for daily for more than three years. And what do we see near the end of his earthly ministry? The apostles arguing amongst themselves who would be the greatest, who would get to sit at his right and left hand, right? So it can happen to anyone. You know, we start to read our press clippings about people that say, oh, you are doing such a great job in this area and that area, and it's good to be encouraged and, and built up. But never let those praises go past your heart and into your head, right, and, and, and allow you to believe that these things come from you and not from your Heavenly Father. So how does that happen, that we can be so close to God and yet still fall flat on our face? Look at Adam. God breathed life into him, placed him in the most beautiful place in all creation. And, uh, and he would walk with Adam and Eve in the garden and during the cool of the day. And I'm sure would have the most incredible conversations that one can imagine, telling them how much he loves them, about his wonderful plans for them. So what would that have been like? What must have been that like for Adam to think, it's almost time for a walk with the Father. I wonder what he wants to share with me this time. That's about relationship. It's about God, our creator, having relationship with the man that he created and breathed life into. And, he want, and God has always wanted that relationship with us. Now, do you suppose that the Lord was ever critical of Adam in those days? Maybe a little short about some of the names that uh, Adam gave the animals? You did a great job coming up with the names of all those species, my son. But hippopotamus? Seriously? The point is that despite being so close to God, we can still fall short of his plans for us unless we have that one thing to fill the God-sized vacuum within us. That would be the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit residing inside of you, you'll spend your days trying to fill that void in your life with all manners of things, riches, power, love, affirmation, peace of mind, and they'll all slip through your fingers and leave holes in your very being. Solomon chased wisdom and all these other things and came to this conclusion. For a man may do his work with wisdom, 
knowledge, and skill. And he must leave all he owns to someone who has not worked for it. This too is meaningless and a great misfortune. What does a man get for all the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun? All his days, his work is pain and grief. Even at night, his mind does not rest. This too is meaningless. So we don't strive with our own strength. We don't reason or plan with our own intellect. We don't elevate ourselves on our own whims. Instead, we pursue the person of the Holy Spirit to speak to us and give us our Father's plans and purpose for us. When Pastor Kimmy first approached me about speaking today on my spiritual gifts, my immediate response was to uh, seek out someone I respect and ask him for his impressions of uh, what my gifts might be. After all, if there's no fruit, how can there be a gift? Right? And, um, and, and, and so for all of us, you know, as you think about what you can bring to the table, what you have to offer to the body of Christ. You know, let's not think just, you know, that it's all about us and, and what we're doing. But let's speak, let's have someone with, uh, that, that we respect speak into our lives and and that, so that we can examine ourselves. And if there's a confirmation, then we know that we're tracking with what God has planned for us and that we are on the right track. So his response was a confirmation of what was in my heart and gave me the affirmation to share this with you today. And while I moved in several motivational gifts, my strongest emphasis comes in the area of exhortation. Uh, maybe because it's when I was a, uh, as a boy, I delivered newspapers in uh, New Westminster. The first thing I wanted to do when I got to the paper box was read the editorials and understand the world. Before I ever hopped on the bike and, uh, and delivered my first paper, I was just kind of wired that way. But more likely, it was God had his plans for me before I ever understood who he is and how I would come to serve him. So over time, my gift and exhortation has led me to tie an encouragement that I have given to a scripture the Lord brings to mind for a word and season. And one of my favorite verses in this regard is from Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. When giving encouragement to someone... You can give them your opinion, or you can speak the word of God, which is truth and light and can shed illumination on any circumstance life throws your way. Whose countenance are you sharpening these days? Your spouse, your children, a close friend, a co-worker, maybe a complete stranger. The word says that the tongue has the power of life and death from Proverbs 18.21. Are you speaking life into people's lives. So this brings me back to when I first gave my life to the Lord. The first thing I ever asked of God for my life was wisdom. I thought that if it was good enough for Solomon, for him to ask for that, then it was good enough for me. So asking for wisdom and possessing wisdom doesn't mean that you are instantly smarter. Probably like many people in the room today, I can look back at my past and want to have a do-over or two for decisions that I've made that went the wrong way. Early on in my faith, I made a vow to the Lord that became a principle which I have lived by for over 40 years. That vow was that no matter what the circumstance that I would find myself in, good or bad, I would not complain or blame God for my situation. Rather, I would ask him, Lord, what do you want me to get? out of this situation? What lesson are you wanting me to learn 
from the situation that I'm in. These many years later, I still continue to operate by that same standard. That life principle means that in adversity, in the face of adversity, I'm not looking around the room for someone to blame for my circumstances and for what happened. Instead, I'm listening hard for the Lord's voice so I can hear him tell me what this means. You know, one of the examples of this is just in this last month. You know, this is actually the third attempt that we've had for Christina and I to actually speak to you uh, about this whole area of exhortation and spiritual gifts. Because a month ago, uh, I wound up in a medical emergency. We called Pastor Kimmy, in the ho- and I was in the hospital on, uh, one, early one morning. So that's fine. That happened. Okay, we put it off, and then we scheduled it for the end of February. And then, lo and behold, I get knocked over by COVID for about almost three weeks. And again, we had to cancel. And, uh, and, and funnily enough, I said to, to Christine, I said, you know, Kimmy's probably looking at her phone this morning to see if she's gotten another message from us, right? And, and, and indeed, she told us, yeah, I looked to see if there was a text from you this morning. So, you know, so we're here for a reason, and, 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 and the Lord has taken us through those things because it gave us time to refine the message and, 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 and help the Lord refine what we were hearing in our hearts and putting it to paper so that we could share clearly and lucidly with you what the Lord is speaking, not only in our hearts, but for the body of Christ here that is before me. So those experiences have allowed me to gain the wisdom that I first prayed for and led me into the other motivational gifts of leadership and knowledge, teaching, service. Uh, throughout the years, uh, many of you don't know, you know me personally, perhaps, because people come and go in the body of Christ, but... Uh, you know, we've, we're, we're old-timers in this church. Uh, Christina's actually got seniority on me on this, but uh, I've been here since uh, early of 1993, and uh, Christina just beat me here by a little bit. So we've been around a long time, serving the body in many ways. And, and it's however we've been called to service. We've been asked, God asks us to do something, we do it. Right? And so we've served on the worship teams. We've served in home group leadership. We've served as greeters, a connect center. We've served in uh, uh, CITW, teaching uh, uh, Bible courses. We've served in uh, you know, all kinds of ministry, prayer ministry, different things. If you can think of it, we could have probably done it at one time or another. Okay? And it's not because we were multi-talented or whatever. It's just that we simply say yes. We say yes. God calls, we say yes. 1 Corinthians 12, 31 says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. Operating in these gifts are an honor, so don't self-promote in search of title or position. Instead, write the Lord a blank check and say, here, Lord, you fill in the how much and the when. Make yourself available. If you believe that your gift is something that puts you in a place or position that you are afraid to lose, then your motivation is wrong. If you can't let go of it and have an open palm with whatever that gift is, and you grip it so tightly you're afraid to lose it, then your motivation for operating in that gift and in that office is something that you need to examine. As a servant of the body, don't look for the esteem of others for your contribution no matter how big or how little, because the praise you're looking for is from your heavenly Father who says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
So I'd like to leave you with this thought in the area of uh, spiritual gifts. It's not a talent show. It's not about what you can do or what you can say. You are an instrument of righteousness in God's hands. You are a member of God's team. And your gift is meant to complement others in the body to accomplish kingdom goals and purposes. John Maxwell shared a series of points to demonstrate how this should look in a, like in a church. And I think we have a slide that uh, shows those points, if we could get to number one. So <clears throat> he starts off by saying, leaders aren't supposed to do all the work of the church, but are to effectively broker the talent on their team. Good teams use every gift and enjoy both unity and diversity. Consider Paul's philosophy of team building. Number one, that the team possesses a variety of gifts or positions, but pursues the same goal and God. Number two, everyone has a contribution to make, which benefits the team. Number three, God is the source of each gift, so he deserves the glory. Number four, God chooses who has what gifts, so we must not compete or compare, right? It's not a case, oh, well, I wish I had that gift, right? You have the gift you have because that's your appointed place. That's what God has given you. And if you just do the best with that, whatever that gift is, and offer it as a, a love offering unto God, he will honor that. Number five, Team members are to function like organs and muscles in a body. Number six, no team member is less important than another. All are necessary. So whether you serve in the nursery, whether you're shaking hands at the front door, whether you're cleaning up the sanctuary after church and cleaning up coffee cups and other things, doesn't matter what you're doing. You're serving God. You're, not, you're doing it unto the Lord, right? That's what counts. And it's not, one is not more important than the other. Number seven, sometimes the players who seem less important are actually more important. We don't know who God is going to elevate, right? Look at David. So Samuel comes and says, Jesse, one of your sons has been uh, uh, appointed by God to be the next king of Israel. And so Jesse trots out his son, starting with Eliab, who is the tallest and the strongest and the bravest uh, in, in the eyes of the people. And, no, nope, sorry, not him, right? Who's next, right? And so Jesse, you know, gets all his sons out and says, well, uh, it's none, none of these, uh, you know, who, do, do you have another son? So, oh, well, there's David, but he's out looking after the flock. Well, bring him in. He was the anointed one. He wasn't an afterthought. He was uh, doing something that was considered very humble in, in the nation of Israel. But he's the one that God chose. He was a man after God's own heart. So we don't belittle or despise the day of humble beginnings. Because through your faithfulness and loyalty to God through your service, no matter where you start, that's all you're contributing. That's all you need to do. You don't have to worry about how talented you are or what you've got to offer. You just bring it. Number eight, God's goal is team harmony and mutual care. Number nine, although, team, although members are equally important, they are meant to be diverse, right? We need a diversity of gifts in the body of Christ, okay? We can't all be worshipers, right? Because everyone would be up on stage and then who would be ministering to, right? So, you know, 
obviously, it, it, we all have a part to play, a role to play. There, you know, it's like a stew. There are many ingredients that go to a stew to make it savory and tasty and something that you want to have over and over, right? And number 10, we should not compete with each other, but complete each other. Okay. I'm going to ask the worship team to kind of make their way forward here. So these are, these are points that are based on the 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 31. There's 24 verses, and I'm not going to go through them all. But, and you should take the time, if you haven't read that recently, to examine them in terms of the gifts that God has bestowed upon us as a body and see where you fit in. But I'm going to share the first few. From 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 6, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works them all in all men. Verse 7, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verses 8 to 10, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And finally, verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. It's the, it's the purpose and design of the Spirit of God to bestow upon us different gifts, different talents, different opportunities to serve, different opportunities to say yes. And just as God wanted relationship with Adam in the garden, just as Jesus poured his life into his relationship with his disciples, so does Holy Spirit want to connect with you to be the comforter, the counselor, your source of wisdom and grace. So desire the gifts, don't broadcast your talents, and be ready to say yes when Jesus taps you on the shoulder and calls you to be fishers of men, whatever that looks like. Are you ready to say yes? Has there been a tug on your heart, pulling you in a direction of serving the body in a way you never thought was possible? Are you desiring to live a spirit-filled life and walk in the mercy of goodness of God each day? If Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now about servicing our, serving our Lord and is calling you to be filled with him, then I want you to stand up right now and come to the front. We will have our prayer team and leaders here to pray for you. You know when Jesus called James and Peter and John at the shore, they dropped their nets and followed him immediately. If there's a prompting in your heart right now to say, I want to serve you, Lord, and I don't know what that looks like. And just as we had a prophecy this morning about knocking at the door, the door of your heart, if there is a knocking on your door right now, you need to open that door and just come forward and, and ask for, for prayer, the, the prayer to be, uh, that uh, gifting to be released in you, whatever it is, however uh, small that is, however big a picture that might look to you, remember, the picture is not uh, something that you, might be impossible when you look at it. You know, God asked different people at different times to do things, and they weren't always immediately saying yes. We look at somebody like Gideon. 
Gideon was appointed to lead an army, right? And where was he found? He was found hiding in the, in the threshing floor because he didn't want to be that man of valor. And yet God sent an angel, a messenger to him saying, Behold, thou mighty man of valor, God has called you for this moment. And so all of you can think about that. All of you can feel the tugging in your heart saying, I want to serve. I, maybe I haven't served before, and maybe I'm not ready yet. You think, I'm not ready. I'm not perfect. I haven't got my act together in every way. It doesn't matter. If you say yes to God, you open that door, then he is going to take care of the details. God is in the details. The Holy Spirit will be the counselor and the difference maker for those things that you think you're not prepared for. So if, God is, if Jesus is calling you to serve him today, get out of your chairs and say yes to him right now. This is not about salvation. This is about you responding to God, calling to use the talents and gifts he has given to you. So if any of you feel that this message has meant something to you and you haven't served before in any way, even the smallest way, but you want to serve, you want to be part of God's plan for this body, then come forward and we'll pray for you, okay? So if the you guys want to lead that'd be great thank you so much for this time and god bless you and we receive this word with the gladness that we should receive in our hearts amen